0: What a great song. Indeed, we duly love Jesus. We're so glad to have each of you with us today. We welcome our guests who are with us, and we're glad you could spend a little bit of time with us today, not so much with us, but with God as we praise Him and honor Him and give our reverence to Him. It's so duly needed because God is so good to us. If you got your Bible, we're going to begin in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 in just a moment. And we encourage you to get that open and get looking at that in just a moment. You know, we all like movies, and we all have different favorite movies. Some of you might be the Star Wars. Some of you may be the Avenger series. Some of you may like the Harry Potter series. Some of you may like the old Westerns, like John Wayne. Some of you like the Hallmark Christmas movies. That's usually when I try to leave the house. Some of you like just the Christmas shows we have. We all have shows that mean so much to us, and we like them. You know, growing up, one of the greatest movies I always watched was The Wizard of Oz. And the more I've grown in faith, the more I see so many spiritual connections. We all need friends to get through life, don't we? And sometimes those pretty little apples that are hanging on trees are poisonous. And sometimes there's wicked witches out there trying to take what belongs to you. And we all need courage, and we all need a heart, and we all need a brain, and we all need to go home to where God is. But wouldn't it be interesting, taken from the Wizard of Oz, that God had just given us a yellow brick road and said, Brethren, just follow this yellow brick road, and you'll go straight to heaven. How easy that would be. Now, there is no yellow brick road going to heaven. But what God has given us is his word. And if you follow that word, you stay with that word, you're going to wind up in heaven. But what happens is, we see it seems so simple. In theory, it seems so easy. Just do what the Bible says, stay with it, and you'll go to heaven comes somebody who says, you know, God didn't say that. Somebody wrote that in there. And then along comes somebody else and says, well, God said that, but he really didn't mean that. And then along comes somebody else and says, you need to follow your heart. And then somebody else comes along and says, you need to do whatever makes you happy. And then there's McDonald's that says, you deserve a break today. And then there's Burger King that says, have it your own way. And here we are. And where is that yellow brick road going to heaven? We are confused. Sometimes we can't see it, and sometimes we're simply lost. And that's why God has provided the concept of shepherds. Last week, we began a series talking about shepherds. We want to continue that as we continue this idea of what God has given to each of us. The role, the work, and how valuable it is for us. Last week, just touching a little bit, we looked at this as being our theme verse in the book of Philippians chapter 1, where this is God's organizational structure for the church. There's nothing higher than a local congregation other than Jesus. There's no hierarchy there's no disciplinary board. There's no delegates chosen to go to the big convention. This is it. As Paul wrote to Philippians, they said that they are to the saints, including the overseers and the deacons. And what we noted last week is there's a series of words God uses. All of these words describe the same concept. An overseer or a bishop, he looks over the flock. Someone who is a bishop is a watcher or an overseer. The concept of an elder is simply someone who is spiritually experienced, mature. The word pastor, only time it's used in our Bibles is in the book of Ephesians, we're going to go to that in just a moment, does not mean the preacher. The word pastor means a shepherd, a feeder, a nurser of God's people. Now, why so many terms? Because it describes the work. We call a painter a painter because he paints. And so why do we call him an overseer? Because he oversees Why do we call him a feeder? Because he feeds. Why do we call him elder? Because he's spiritually mature. That's the concept of describing this. And you and I need this so much. Because right here in the book of Timothy, he talks about those who wander away from that path of God. He says, for the love of money, as the root of all sorts of evil, some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith. They've not stayed on that path. A few verses later in the same chapter, which some have professed and gone astray from the faith. He says in the very beginning of this book, he says, keeping faith and having a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regards to their faith. And so God has provided shepherds to help us stay on that path. There's no yellow brick road, but what there is is the word of God. And that's what we need to see. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, seeing the sheep, he said, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. I dare say we don't use that word dispirited very often. You go to the doctor tomorrow and say, what's your problem? I'm dispirited. He may have to get his medical book out to look that up. You go to work tomorrow. I need a day off. Why? Because I am dispirited. And your boss is going to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. The idea of dispirited means harassed or thrown down. Other translations, fainted and scattered abroad. The ESV, harassed and helpless. Philip says bewildered and miserable. The um, uh, Christian English Bible says troubled and helpless. And so today our focus and our attention is on what shepherds do. The work they must do. And we begin. If you got your Bible, open to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. There in verse 11, the Bible says, And he gave. He is God. God knows what we need. Notice what God gave. God gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors. There's that word again. Pastor is not preacher, it's a feeder, it is a shepherd. Some as pastors and teachers. Four or five different qualities. Notice God did not give a gymnast. God did not give an accountant. God did not give a mechanic. God did not give a comedian. God did not give this or that. This is what God said. This is what my people need to stay on that path. How easy they're distracted. How easy to turn around and look at these other things. How easy they get off that path. So I'm going to give them something to keep them on that path. These were all teachers of the Word of God. So the very next verse, verse 12, he says, the book of Ephesians, he says, For the equipping, he gave all those groups, this is why. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. To build the church. To make us strong. To get us where we need to be. So we would recognize poisonous fruit. When we hear this voice and this voice says to us, you don't need to do what the Bible says. We know we do. Why? Because we are strong in Christ. He has built us up. The very next verse, verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of faith. To the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the, of the statue which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Here he talks about growing up, being mature. Paul would say in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, act like men. We sometimes, as parents, will say, act your age. And so why did God give these? So we would grow up, so we would be mature in Christ. We make mature decisions. We see things as God wants us to. Then verse 14, verse 15, same chapter. As a result, we're no longer to be children, tossed here and there by the ways, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is ahead, even Christ. We are to stand solid. Wind blows this way, we're not going to chase it. Here's the newest fad, we're not going to run after that fad. Everybody's doing that, off we go. No, we stand firm with Christ. We stay on that path. That's why God gave those. That's why they were apostles. That's why they were prophets. That's why they are teachers. And yes, that's why they are shepherds. And then we remind ourselves in verse 13, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body of the building up of itself, so will be functional. So we're doing what God wants us to do. And so this is how God designed a church, and this is why there are shepherds. And as we continue this this morning, we'll see this is the work that God has for shepherds as we do this. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the Bible says, God has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. Now let's stop for a moment, take our Bibles, let's go to two places now in your Bibles. Turn with me to Matthew 16, if you will. When we talk about this subject What is the church? And we understand as we're going through this series now, when we talk about shepherds, shepherds are not about control. It's not about power. It's not about who's in charge. It's not about being the boss. It's not being at the top of the ladder. It's not being the CEO of the complex. It's leading people to that path to heaven. That's what shepherds do. Now, in Matthew 16, verse 18, as Jesus was complimenting Peter for recognizing who he was, he says, upon this rock I will build my church. What did Jesus build? Pews? Songbooks? Paving parking lots? He built you. He built me. The church is people. And so when God says to shepherds, you oversee, you watch, you shepherd my church, what's he talking about? Not this building. We're going to paint a classroom. Better have an elders meeting. Let's get the paints. Let's pick it out. That's not elders work. You know what? We're going to paint the parking lot. Do we use yellow stripes or white stripes? That's an important decision. And we pray for the decisions of the elders. No. They oversee the church. The church is not the parking lot. The church is not paint on the wall. The church is you. The church is me. That's what they oversee. In Acts chapter 2, if you look over there, in verse 41, after Peter had preached that fantastic first sermon, notice what it says in verse 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized. They were added that day, some translations will say, to the saved or to the church, about 3,000 souls. So the concept of shepherding is overseeing you and me. That's what shepherding is all about. Now, if you've got your Bible, turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 3. In 1 Timothy, chapter 3, we have what's commonly called the qualifications. I don't like that word. I like qualities. That's the word I'm going to be using. The qualities of who can, who can lead these people. Now, now there's some things that's inherent. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But there's some things inherent. You know, I, I had a guy one time who, who uh, wanted me to follow him to his house. This is long before cell phones and GPS. And, and so met him at a ro- restaurant. Follow me. I was following him. Next thing I know, he pulled off to some other place. He turned around. He got lost and was going another way. It's inherent that shepherds know where they're going, isn't it? How can they lead if they don't know where they're going? So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, God designs this as who can be a leader. He begins at verse 1. It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of an overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. If you're an underlining your Bible, underline that word work. That's what this is. This is not an honorary title. This is not a position. This is not something you grow up to become someday so you run the place. This is a work you have to do. And right away, if a man's afraid of work, he shouldn't do this. Because this is the work, an overseer. Verse two. Then must be above reproach, husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, uncontentious, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. If a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, lest he become conceited and fall into condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so he may not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. We begin by looking at these as a whole. And one of the first things we notice is these are qualities a man already has. Notice as he begins this. An overseer then must be. It's not that here's somebody who's not and we're going to make him an overseer, and maybe he'll grow to these positions, he already has it. Also notice in verse 2, the singular nature. An overseer must be. Each and every shepherd must have these qualities. It's not as a unit they have them all, and this guy happens doesn't have this quality, and this one doesn't have this quality, but as a unit they have them all. He's talking individually. A man must have these qualities may have different amounts of it different strengths but every man must have them a second thing these qualities are defined by God by heaven that's why in Acts chapter 20 verse 28 talks about the Holy Spirit has made you overseers this is not thought up by man these are not our credentials these are things that God has come up with himself and then these qualities are essential to the work that he's going to do. And we see that. As we think about the different works we do, we expect certain things to come with that. And so when we think about a painter, we expect a painter to have some drop cloths. He's going to have some paintbrushes. He's, he's going to have a ladder because that's what painters use. If we talk about a doctor, We're going to have, a doctor's going to have a stethoscope because that's what he uses. That's what he does. A mechanic, we figure he's going to have some wrenches because that's what mechanics do. To do the work of God, these are the qualities he's going to need. And that's essential as we kind of consider those things. Let's take a little stop. We're going to go to Psalms 23 and then we'll come right back here to 1 Timothy. But let's go to Psalms 23 where we read about the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, in prophecy here. He says in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You have to know where God wants his people to be. Where does God want his people to be? This shepherd knew. They need, they need some green pastures. They need to have some quiet waters. Well, where are they? He knew where they were. He had to know how to get to heaven, and he has to know how to know sheep. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about here for just a moment. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 5, verse 14, We urge your brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the fainthearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Again, the idea is that we're not the same. We're not at the same place. We're not at the same level. So to lead the sheep... A shepherd has to recognize that. They need quiet waters, but those little ones with little legs, they've got to take a little more time. The older ones can't move as fast as the younger ones. Shepherds have to realize that. Shepherds have to realize what kind of diet they need spiritually. How do we keep these people on that path to go to heaven? And that's what we're seeing here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And so back in Timothy, these qualities are observable. You can tell and you can see these things. And again, they help us as we consider what's involved with these things. These qualities are attainable. These are not impossibilities. We see in the book of Acts and the book of Titus that elders were appointed, shepherds were appointed to the flock. And so these are things that's very, very doable. Then we talk about, as we look at this unit as a whole, we're talking about character here look with me in first timothy 3 i want you to know us three verses if you will notice verse 2 it says an overseer then must be above reproach that's his reputation that's what people are thinking about him verse 4 it's talking about his family he manages household well verse 7 he must have a good reputation with those outside the church and so what we're seeing is a consistency. Now in church, oh, this guy's this guy saintly. But get to the ball game and his team's losing. Oh, look out, you don't know what may come out of his mouth. Get to work, it's dog eat dog, and he's right with the dogs. No, what we're seeing in this picture is a consistent picture. In the church, in worship, at home, in the community, at work, consistently, he is a man of God. He has a deep spiritual fiber. That's what God is describing here. And that's what these qualities bring out. And so it's not just looking at him on a Sunday. It's not just looking at him on a Saturday night. It's looking at him and realizing here is a man who's a man of God. Here's a man I am willing to follow because he knows where he's going. We also see a sense of conviction about him. He knows where God wants him to be and he's going to stay with God. Over in the book of Titus, if you will, Titus chapter 1, Notice again, as we talk about this subject here, notice how Titus kind of wraps this section up in beginning of verse 9. Titus chapter 1 and verse 9, he mentions again this concept of the shepherds. He says, "...holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching that he may be able to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. There are many rebellious men." Empty talkers, deceivers, especially of the circumcisions, who must be silenced because they're upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. Now, how's that going to be done? We're going to take this guy into a little room and he never comes out again? No, that's that's not God's way of silencing somebody, is it? We're going to take them back there and we're going to smack them a little bit. No, that's not God's way. We're going to threaten them. No, that's not God's way. We're going to use the Word of God. And so the man of God who's leading the people of God has to know the Word of God. He has to know this is where God has drawn a line. You're standing over here, but the line's there. You need to get on this side. You are not on the path. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to be on that path. And so he has to know that and have the conviction and the heart to tell us what we need to hear. And then he needs to have compassion. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 11. Acts, chapter 11, there was a coming famine. And I want you to notice what's stated here. In Acts, chapter 11, and starting down here about verse 27, Acts 11 verse 27. Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the spirit, that there would certainly be a great famine all over the whole world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius, and in proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief for the brethren living in Judea. And they did this, sending it into charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. Why do they bring the money to the elders? Who has been watching these sheep? Who knows what they need? Who knows their concerns? Who better than anyone else knows exactly how things are? Compassion. Now, my concern is that for decades, and I think brethren meant well through years, but, but my concern is through decades, when we come to this subject, all we've ever talked about was the qualifications and the qualifications talk about the man but not the work and to illustrate that there are three qualifications to be president of the United States of America you have to be 35 years old you have to be born in this country and have to live here the last 14 years that's all it takes and so here's this 40 year old guy who's unemployed lives in his mama's basement plays video games all day long, according to the qualifications, he can be president of the United States. And he doesn't even know which hand you're supposed to salute with. And you and I look at that and say, no, never, never. And so there's more to it than just the qualifications or the qualities. We have to understand the work that's involved with that. I've shown this picture to lots of elders all over the country. And when I look at that picture, I think, number one, what are you doing there? Number two, don't you know that's dangerous? Number three, how in the world are we going to get you off of that? And number four, how are we going to keep the rest of the sheep from getting up there? That's what shepherds do. Now, just this very morning, someone asked me, because I was in the back there getting announcements ready. They said, when you see all the sheep coming in, what runs through your mind? Number one, I say in this place, what a blessing. So many of you are serious about that path and going to heaven. What a blessing this church is. But every once in a while, I'll look at one of you and think, you're up there. you got a problem. How are we going to get you down? That's the concern of shepherds. And what we see is over and over throughout our country today, sometimes this is not talked about. When we talk about shepherds, all they talk about is how much money is in the bank. All they talk about is making sure all the light bulbs are working. And they spend all the time on the physical, and you and I get ourselves in a mess like that, and we think, what are we supposed to do? Who's supposed to help us? The answer is shepherds. I got that passage up there in the book of Ezekiel. Let's turn over there in Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, God addresses the shepherds of Israel. And the picture isn't pretty. Let's read it and let's make some highlights about what takes place here. Ezekiel 34. It says in verse 1, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. "...prophesy and say to those shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel who have, been feeding my, who have been feeding themselves! Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, verse 4, you've not strengthened. The disease you've not healed. The broken you've not bound up. The scattered you've not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost." But with force and severity, you've dominated them. They were scattered for a lack of shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or to seek for them. Now stop there. We put this in 2022. Well, they're busy. They're busy deciding paint colors. And they're busy deciding whether we should add more pews or take away pews. They're busy doing mechanics. This is what God is interested in. My people staying on that path. And to keep them on that path, they need to be led and fed and watched and cared for. Continuing on, it says in verse 6, My flock wandered through all the mountains. On every high hill, my flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Are you catching a little phrase through this? My flock? It's not your people. It's not your flock. It's God's flock. I gave you in charge of watching my people, but you need to be mindful of that. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord, verse 7. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become a food for all the beasts of the field, for a lack of shepherd, and my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God: Behold, I am against the shepherds; I will demand my sheep from them, and I will make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves any more, and I will deliver my flock from their mouths, so they will not be food for them any more. And then, when we jump ahead in this passage, just a little bit further down, looking for verse seventeen. He says, As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God Behold, I will judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and the male goats. Is it too slight a thing for you to think that you should feed in a good pasture, and you must tread down with your feet the rest of the pastures, or that you should drink of the clean waters, and you must foul the waters? With your feet. As for my flock, they must eat what you tread down, and your feet and drink should not foul the water. Therefore, says the Lord, the God of Israel, it says, Behold, I will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push aside with your shoulder and thrust them all the weak sheep with your horns until you have scattered them abroad. God was upset here. His people were being abused. And what we notice here is that the people are being ignored. They're being taken care of, being taken advantage of. They were using force, and they simply didn't care. And so when we think about this concept of shepherding, it's about making sure you stay on this path that goes to heaven. That's what this is about. It's about making sure you and your family are growing spiritually. It's about making sure that when life throws these hard fastballs at us and you got worry and fear and doubt and all these things around us and when all your friends are saying, just do what you feel like doing, that you remind yourself that there is a path and that path will end up in heaven if I stay on that. And so to do this, shepherds need to be committed to the purpose. The wonderful passage in the book of Proverbs, it says, he who tills the land will have plenty of bread but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. We must distinguish between what's priority and what's worthless. And then they need to have courage. Courage does do what God wants us to do. Jesus is said of Jesus this way in Matthew 22. It says, And they sent the disciples to him, along with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you're truthful and teach the way of God and truth, and defer to no one. Other translations say, you don't care what other people say. And that's right, because we follow God. And we don't care what professors say. We don't care what other books say. We don't care what other preachers say. We follow God. And we have to have that courage to do that, to stand up for that, and to realize that sometimes problems do not come one at a time. You know, that's how airplanes land at the airport. Here comes one airplane, and there's another one up in the sky, then there's another one up in the sky, and they don't land those planes, so all the other ones before them are all taken care of. That's not the way problems work. Problems come three or four at a time. Problems at home, problems in marriage, problem here, problem there, and we have to be able to deal with those some things in life simply cannot wait and oftentimes a lot of energy and a lot of time is required to do the work that god wants to be done and then the third aspect i would say is there needs to be clarity a clear understandable transparent voice this is where god wants you to be this is the place that will get you to heaven so that's lesson two in our series This is the work that shepherds must do. Now we'll have one more in our series uh, in a couple weeks. As we talk about the flock among us and some things along that line. But tonight, tonight Jason and I will be back together. And we will do our chair series. We call it Shepherd Talk. And we're going to ask some pointed questions. Questions that some of you may say, I'm surprised you asked these questions. But we want to be transparent. We want to be honest. We want to understand this concept. We want you to understand your journey to heaven is not just by yourself. You're just not out here in this oasis or this this confusing world that we live in that seems like an oasis, but it's not. And you're just out here by yourself and you have no idea where you're going. You've got people who are thinking about you all the time. Without you knowing it, there are people praying for you every single day. When classes are designed, it's designed not because this would be a cool thing to teach. This is what these sheep need to eat. When we have special series, when we have VBS, everything is designed not to be cutting edge, to be the first to do what no one else is doing. We're doing things to keep you on that path. That's what this is all about. There was a shepherd who lived out in Idaho many, many years ago. And there was a famous Western radio station that he listened to. And the shepherd sent the DJ of that radio station a letter one day. He said, I am a shepherd out here in Idaho. I spend most of the time out here by myself with the sheep. I have this old violin that I like to play. It soothes the sheep and it helps me. But I've been outside for so long, my violin has just gotten out of tune. I'm too far from the city So could you, at this certain hour, on this certain day, play this note? Don't play a song, just play this note. I'm going to tune my violin. So it's right. And the DJ said, well, we want to please our audience, so he did it. A letter came back, and that shepherd said, I am now in tune. That's what the shepherds here are trying to do with you. To get you in tune with God. Not with the world, not with popular culture, not with political correctness, but in tune with God. And sometimes we get out of tune, and sometimes we're listening to the wrong message. And sometimes that little path that takes us to heaven, so simple that seems. Just follow the Bible and you'll go to heaven. How simple could that be? And we're over here we're confused. We're in the thicket over here and we can't find our way back to the path. That's why the blessings of God has designed shepherds to say, Over here little sheep. Back over here, you're way over there, you don't see it, but I see a wolf up there, and he's looking at you. Come back over here, here's the path. Let's all stay together. Why well, I want to go this way? No one has ever been this. There's no path. Let me cut a path. Little sheep, get back over here. There's a mountain lion up there, and we don't cut new paths. We follow the path of God. Why well, I want to be out in the front? No, you don't know where this path takes you. You need to follow your shepherds who know that path. Well, I don't like to be with these other sheep. It's OK. Just calm down. We're all in this together. Shepherd work. And what this does is it makes you realize I got help. I got help all the time. I got help when I get confused. I get help when I don't know the way. I get help when it seems like the world's about to come in on me. I got help. And that's the blessing of God. He gave apostles, prophets, pastors, shepherds, teachers that's why he gave them to help us stay on that path and so as we wrap this up this morning first question we got to ask is do we even know where that path is do you know where the god's path is it's not a yellow brick road you can't go out here and say well look at that there's a little arrow go right it's leading right nope you're not going to see it with your eyeball but you'll see it by faith in the word of god do you know where the path is second question guys are you on that path Or have you wiggled off a little bit? Have you said, you know, I was on it for a while, but, you know, I got over here just living. This is cool over here. Man, y'all be over here with me. All the cool stuff is over here. And where's that going to lead you? To a cliff. And you're going to fall. Because you can't see that. This is what's going to get you to heaven. Are you on that path? Do you need some encouragement? Are you dispirited? Well, let's pick you back up. Let's get you going. That's the work of shepherds. and As we go on our series, I hope it kind of opens your eyes to what shepherd work really is. It's people work. It's working with you. Now, we're going to have another lesson about this in a couple weeks. But one of the things, we can make this difficult or we can make this easy. And, And all you have to do is have about three kids in your family. You know what difficulty is. I ain't sitting by my sister on this trip. Well, I can tie you to the hood of the car. You know, there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of seats in this car here. You know? And sometimes we can be that way. We can just be over here, Mr. Stubborn, and cross our hands and say, You know what? I ain't doing, and you can't make me. And you know what happens? We're not very close to that path, are we? And we got the wrong spirit, don't we? And pretty soon we're going to find ourselves in all kinds of attitude messes. God gave. This is what God wants. God wants you to follow shepherds. We're going to talk tonight about what can they say, what can they not say, what's their authority. But that's the idea. So this morning, are you on that path? Do you need some help? We're here to help you. If you're not in Christ Jesus, that's where it starts, by being baptized and walking with him. Realizing his word is going to take you to heaven. But as you're on that journey, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff, every reason in the world to get off that path. A lot of friends are off that path. A lot of famous people are off that path. A lot of rich people are off that path. But it's that path that leads to heaven. Are you going to stay on it? If we can help you, want you come as we stand, as we sing. <laughs>